If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Gets off the Taylor. He's in. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. Fires that way. Picked off. Darius Leonard at the five-yard line. Plants in the pocket. The Colts bring him down. A sack for Indianapolis. Steps up in the end zone. He throws. Michael Pittman. Touchdown. Let's get the podcast started. This is the Colts official podcast. I'm Jeffrey Gorman here in the Colts radio studios. I'm with Mate, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. J.J. Stankovitz is here from Colts.com, senior writer. I appreciate our friends at WinBet behind this show. I want you to be behind this show, too. It's a tough one, though. It's a tough one. We're talking about a 38-10 loss in New York City. We're going to get into that with Matt Taylor. It's like I said, J.J. Stankovic. we got a little who said it coming up. That'll be fun, and I'm going to give you my random thought of the week. But uh, big picture now, guys. Come in whenever you want. We're 4-11-1 following the loss to the Giants. They clinched a playoff berth. First time since 2016. We saw the celebrations. We saw the on-field celebrations we're going to get into. Colts lost by 28 points, their fourth loss this season by at least 23. Maytay, we'll go with you first. You were there. You were watching this. Rick Venturi liked the uh, liked the matchup early in the game, but boy, oh boy, Daniel Jones sure showed up. Yeah, he did. I mean, he accounted for a uh, buck seventy-seven passing, but even more dangerous with his feet. He had, I think, ten carries for ninety-one yards. Had four touchdowns, two passing, two rushing. That's the first time I've seen him up close in person. I mean, watching him on film going into the game, you know, don't watch a lot of Giants football, but then just seeing him on the field with my own eyes, um, they got something to build around. And I, you know, I saw comments after the game that they are probably going to extend him uh, for a second contract, and I think rightfully so. He's a guy you can build on, and, and we're going to talk about it, as you said. I mean, what do the Colts need on offense? What do they need now going forward at quarterback? Daniel Jones proved, like a lot of guys, like – you know, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and, and Joe Burrow. I, I think you need that second side of you. You need that dynamic ability to make plays, extend plays when the pocket's not perfect, when things aren't perfect, be able to just go out and make plays. And obviously Daniel Jones is not a perfect quarterback, but he does have some athleticism about him that makes the Giants dangerous, and he certainly beat the Colts with that second part of his game on Sunday. J.J., you were out there in New York. We walked, yeah. we talked about this thing, first time for the playoffs for these Giants since 2016. Colts are now 1-6 under Jeff Saturday, uh, being outscored 212-126. to It's been a tough one to put your arms around. This one I thought we were going to be competitive in. I thought we were going to make a day of this thing, but not even close. And on top of everything else, the offensive line play on a couple of select plays, just... So I don't know how else to say it. Just just awful and not up to NFL quality. Yeah, I mean, but before I even can like launch into this, I I was having a hard time getting up for this podcast. Um I was watching the Monday night game last sure. night when DeMar Hamlin had a cardiac arrest. I mean he st- he literally they were doing CPR for ten minutes on the field. Um and I know we got cold stuff to talk about, but man, it's it's hard to think about anything other than that kid yeah, in the hospital it's in incredible Cincinnati scene. right now. Yeah. Um it's really hard, and I know players around the league are are really hurting. Because um, <clears throat> you think about it, it what happened? It it looked like a routine hit that he went in on T Higgins. He got back up, and then he collapsed to the ground. And it's probably the mo- it was probably the most awful thing I've ever seen happen on a football field um, in any sport. In, in you know that I've ever seen happen in a sport, and the the look of concern. 
just those you know ten thousand yard stares that those Bills players and Bengals players had. There was a, a I don't know what player it was, but on the Bills he went over, and it looked like he saw you know CPR being administered to his teammate, and he just he he almost like ran away from it. He collapsed to the ground, and the guy went over and consoled him was Naheem Hines. Um, what this does to me, I think so much right now. You know, you, you get toward the end of the season, you get wrapped up in uh, fantasy football championship week, and what's this Colts team going to look like? Who's the head coach going to be? Who, who are they going to draft? What are, what are they going to do in the offseason? And we're dealing with people here. We're dealing with humans. This is a man, a 24-year-old man, who's in the hospital right now. And that, you know, Ryan Clark said it. Uh, I, I thought ESPN, by the way, did just a great job with how they handled this last night. But Ryan Clark said... You know, as a 24-year-old football player, I didn't even know I could die. And, you know, seeing, seeing the outpouring of support from Colts players, you know, Paris Campbell, Zaire Franklin on Twitter, uh, DeForest Buckner, these guys, um, it's just, it's really hard. And one, one last thing, just, I don't want to spend, you know, the whole podcast on this because, I, again, I know we got Colts things to talk about, but uh, a teammate of DeMar Hamlin's in high school was Roddy Thomas II. Mm. They went to the same high school. They were teammates. Um, I can't imagine what Rodney's going through right now, seeing a guy who he's close with, um, mm-hmm. you know, go through this. And, uh, you know, football football is a violent sport. It's a gladiator sport. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, we, we see the cart go out for a guy and they take him into the locker room and the game restarts and you kind of forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, can't forget about this. No, not yeah. – and, and, and yeah, we do have some cold stuff to talk about, but you're absolutely right um, – you know, on behalf of the whole entire Colts organization, my gosh, from top to bottom, our thoughts and prayers are with you. You need more than that. We're going to be following this story. I know everybody else is. But, Matt, I wanted to talk to you about it. Really quick watching the game, I, and J.J. said it perfectly. Like, we've seen a lot of these games. We've seen the, the, the carts come out, guys taken away, and then the play goes on. Last night, it wasn't that way. It was uh, it was a little bit different when I saw the EMS truck out, EMT rather, out there. Yeah, when you see and, the ambulance and, out there. And yeah. the ambulance is yeah. there. Yeah. And the sick, the sick feeling in my stomach watching this, didn't go away till I went to bed just watching this and trying to find mm-hmm. out information like the rest of us were. So, J.J., so well said on that thing. Our thoughts and prayers are with uh, DeMar Hamlin right now. But, boy, oh, boy, watching that as a guy who's watched a lot of games like you two, mm-hmm. that's unlike anything I've ever it, been around before. And I was right. just watching the stinking thing on TV. Yeah, same. And I came into it late. I mean, I, I, I flipped the game on late. You know, I think it was like six minutes to go in the first quarter. You know, I was expecting to see football, and the first images that I have on my television screen, like a lot of other people, are players down on one knee. You see the ambulance on the field, and you're like, whoa. You know, I don't think I've ever seen that before, you know, the, the physical vehicle on the field. I mean, it's just impossible to expect these players um, to go back to work. And, I, and quite frankly, I, th- I don't think the game should be made up. I mean, everybody needs time to process this. Yeah. This is what it's all about right now because this is not – this is not about a, a torn ACL or an injury or a, a shoulder. It's not about rehab or surgery. I mean, this is life and death, mm-hmm. and and that's a teammate, man. And we've all been on teams, and we've had, you know, coworkers that we're really close with. I mean, that's a brother. That's a that's a great teammate. That's somebody's son. That's that's a great human being out there. So, yeah, the the Bills and Bengals. I I think they should. I I agree with you, JJ. ESPN did a good job. I turned on the Bengals radio network, and they did a really good job. They didn't speculate. They didn't give out false information. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, essentially they're killing time, but they're doing it very respectfully and, and tactfully. Yeah, for those two teams, it's hard to process that. And I think right now you just move on to week 18 and you let everybody involved have time to process this and to, to proceed with trying to get Hamlin well and, and put his well-being at the forefront before anything else. And I even think, you know, players around the league, even if you didn't know DeMar Hamlin, it's going to be hard for them to get back on the practice oh, field this week. Whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, just putting her helmet on. You're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, that's yeah. every player in the NFL, practice squad included, I think, are, they are going to be thinking about yeah. the incident that mm-hmm. happened. And obviously all the NFL is putting their arms around the Hamlin family. But I'm saying they got to be thinking about that. Yeah. Look at, listen to this. Like they said, Brian Clark said it best. You know, it's life or death like this. These yeah. guys are strapping on and going out. Violent and vicious. Well said. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's one thing like we were talking about. It's one thing to see a team make it hurt. Terry's ACL. Mm. It's another thing to see someone who plays the same sport you do stop breathing on the football field. Um, So I just, you know, we wanted to talk about that before we kind of get into the rest of this podcast, just because I know that's on the the forefront of everyone's minds. Who's a football fan. We're all thinking about DeMar Hamlin. We're all praying for DeMar Hamlin. And we just, you know, there's not much else more to be said. We hope the outcome is, is a, a, good one that we can celebrate at some point but right now it is it is tough out there man for sure all eyes and ears will be on that story if you're listening to this or not the whole uh, the whole nation is is behind Demar Hamlin so all right let's get back to some football uh, here in Indianapolis that is Colts are guaranteed a top six draft pick this spring JJ we're just going to glance yep. over the Giants you know Brian Dayball doing a great job there, yep. you know, the toast of the town and everything like that. And they came in and, uh, you know, Colts weren't really there. We did see one bright spot, Sam Ellinger. Got his yep. first, uh-huh. uh, first t- touchdown as an NFL player uh, to Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, but even Sam said after the game, what's their first touchdown? A game you lose by 28, nice. you know. It, it's hard to celebrate that. Um, I thought Zaire Franklin had really good perspective after the game. Um, he, he talked about how emotional he got on the field before pregame warm-ups. Um, six years ago, Zaire Franklin went out at MetLife Stadium. He was on Syracuse. They played Notre Dame. I was actually covering that game. I was at that game. And he, he had an interception. He had a sack in that game. Um, and that was the first time he he looked around and he was in an NFL stadium and he thought, I could do this. Mm. And then six years later, here's Zaire Franklin back on that field. He is three tackles away from setting a Colts franchise record for most tackles in a season. He has put his blood, sweat, and tears into the season in a way that is exemplary in that locker room for how to hand yourself like a professional in the middle of a season that has not gone the way you expected it to go. And he said he, he broke down. He was crying so hard he lost a contact. Mm. Um, and it, it just it all kind of hit him at once of like, you know, I'm doing this. But he's not, you know, he's a guy who said, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you want to be the guy who's just on to the next goal, on to the next goal, and you never really sit back to, to appreciate what you've accomplished. And he's of the mindset that for you to continue to grow, you, you have to recognize your own accomplishments. You have to smell your own flowers. And um, he's, he had 10 tackles in this game. Bobby Okereke had 17. Those two guys are playing real hard, no matter the circumstances around them. Respect to those two guys. Respect to Sam Ellinger for the way he stepped in and played in tough circumstances. Um, you know, th- this season feels lost. Uh, it's felt lost for a little while now, but there are guys on this team who are still giving it their all mm-hmm. for the horseshoe. And those guys, um, when you get to the end of this year, you know, a guy like Paris Campbell, I mean, you get to the end of this year and you, you reflect on this season and you think about some of those guys who still put in 
the hours and still put in the time and still put in the effort on Sundays. Um, and those are the guys who you're going to come away with and think, man, you know, those guys, they're the pros right there. And uh, just wanted to highlight a couple of them Absolutely. Here. Good day and hell of a catch by Paris, too. I mean, yeah. that thing was yeah. making its way around the NFL media circle. So, mm-hmm. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, J.J. Stankovitz. We're here. We're going to three and out right now, Maytay. All the makings of 4-11-1. We've That's seen right. it this year. Uh, we've seen, you know, why they're picking in the top six. Could be top five. They got a carousel at quarterback. The offense is not delivering on the field. Uh, the defense is regressing. Like right. like we said on this three and out, that's all the makings of 4-11-1. And, and, and it was personified there at the beginning of the second half against the Giants. The Colts get, if you remember, they get a takeaway on the first drive for New York on offense in the second half. So the Colts get the ball inside the red zone. They go four plays, one yard, and they settle for a 48-yard field goal. Chase McLaughlin misses it. The Colts get no points. They still trail 24-3. to Opportunity squandered, right? Defense right back on the field. Boom. Giants go six plays, 62. Daniel Jones rushes for a touchdown. That sequence right there, that's a 4-11-1 football team. Uh, Every unit had a letdown. The game was really over at that point, right? Then you're trailing 31-3, to and you're right. The Colts have all the signs of a team picking in the top five, minus 137-point differential. Nine games on the season where you score one offensive touchdown or less. I mean, you can just go on and on. I don't want to depress everybody because everybody really knows the story, sure. but it's, it's a season that unfortunately keeps finding new depths and, you know, you're on a six-game losing streak. And, and right now it's all about the offseason and the fans' minds on the draft pick and all of that, and I totally get that. But what you're trying to do is is hopefully close out the season with a win and not be, you know, the, the worst team in the worst division of football and, and try to go in with some sort of momentum. I know that sounds corny and cliche, but what you're trying to do is just avoid a seventh straight loss against a team that's in – worse shape than you are. Right, right. And it's definitely going to impact where the Colts uh, are, are drafting this next one against the Texans. Right. So it is a big game, even though it means nothing as far as the playoffs go. J.J., I want to go with you on one play in particular it has been talked about, and I'm not bagging our offensive line at all. I've seen what Quentin Nelson, I've seen what Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith do. Mm-hmm. I've seen what these guys do and what they mean to their teammates and what their teammates mean to, mean to them. But that one play, yeah. that one yeah. stinking play where Nick Foles is knocked out of the game, has a rib problem, you know, he's reading, what's the word? Writhing. Writhing, Writhing, Writhing in pain, Writhing, yeah. going there. And then Dexter Lawrence, who may or may not been right next to him as far as like where their heads are together is doing snow angels celebrating the sack. Kayvon like Thibodeau. Kayvon Th- yeah. Thibodeau, yeah. rather, yeah. I, I, on that. And, and you know, I, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, and this team is coached by an offensive lineman that uh-huh. knows the mentality of that, and we didn't see that, and he was having a celebration. A lot of people are talking about it. Was it just wrong time, wrong place for the guys, or what, uh, what had happened okay. there? Okay, so the, uh, a couple of things can be true here. First of all, Kayvon Thibodeau, classless. Right. Just absolutely cl- You cannot tell me he didn't see Nick Foles in a, in a tremendous amount of pain right next to him. Have some respect, dude. Like, just it, seriously. If you want to go celebrate with your teammates, at least do it five freaking yards away. Right. Not right next to the guy. Yeah. There are a lot of tough guys out there on the internet who think these Colts players should have gone and fought mm-hmm. Kayvon Thibodeau. Maybe they should. Maybe they should have done more. I don't know. I'm not in that moment. Yeah, and I don't I'm, know I where don't... they were on the field. Because so, I haven't so seen if you look, it. At it was that... also it was also a third down, right? So yeah. the punting team's coming right. on coming the field. Out, so that's you. that's part of it. 
Listen, I, yeah, I, li- yeah. Listen, Jeff Saturday did say yesterday he wished our offensive linemen had done more. Mm-hmm. I talked to Ryan Kelly after the game. I had a discussion with Ryan about what happened, and Ryan said um, he – you know, he he looked over, he saw Thibodeau mm-hmm. doing that, mm-hmm. and he went over, he kind of kicked him in the head and said, hey, man, get the F up or move the F up or move move away. And, it, you know, it wasn't like he went over and he started a fight. Right. Like, I think a lot of people wanted there to be a fight. First of all, fights in football are stupid. You're gone. You're bounced. You're, you're, you're bounced. Yeah. But also, guys are wearing shoulder pants and helmets. Yeah. What, what's a punch going to do? <laughs> I mean, it's so... A lot of tough guys on the internet wanted there to be a fight. Yeah. You're not in their shoes. You're not in the offensive line shoes. Jeff Saturday said he's going to have a, t- a discussion with them. You probably should have protected your quarterback a little bit more in that moment. All those things can be true in the same moment, but it, Ryan Kelly said, move. You're right. You know, he didn't do it. At that point, you have to then make, make a decision. Am I going to try to kick this guy's ass and get myself ejected and fined? Exactly. Or am I going to go back to the sideline? I mean, the other part of it that I thought was just our training staff is is racing out there to get over Nick Foles. And one of our trainers is kneeling next to Nick Foles. And, like, Thibodeau is, like, bumping into him while he's doing the snow angels. Again, you can't tell me you didn't notice that. And especially, especially like this league – we, I mean, we saw it last night. Horrible things can happen on a football field. And if you are the reason why that happened, even if it wasn't a dirty hit, that was not a dirty hit mm-hmm. that Thibodeau had on Nick Foles. It was not a dirty hit, a dirty collision between DeMar Hamlin and T. Higgins. But stuff happens. You never want to be the guy who got someone hurt. That can mess dudes up. Sure. And I'm not saying it should have messed up Kayvon Thibodeau. But the fact that he then went back to the sideline and hit him with the Steph Curry sleeper. That's the one right there for me. That's the one there for me. Listen, I'm not at all defending Kayvon Thibodeau. It's going to sound like I am. I'm not at all. But having played the game and having made plays, I mean, I've scored touchdowns on defense. I've gotten sacks. And you want to celebrate with your teammates. You don't want to do the, the Bush League snow angel stuff. Okay, that's that's where he's in the wrong. But I can tell you, when you make a play on defense, the last thing you're worried about is where your opponent is. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he was in the wrong by doing the, the BS snow angel stuff. But then when you take it a step further on the sideline and you do the I just knocked you out of the game and give credit to me sleeper BS move, like that's trash. Right. Like Steph Curry has done that late in the game. Late in the game, keep this in mind, and and what he's doing is putting his opponent. But to nobody bed. got yeah. hurt. But yeah, exactly. Right. No one after he broke someone's ankle. No one's, right. no one's right. career or future or you know um, ability to play mm-hmm. is in jeopardy right there. It, so here's the thing: as far as the Colts are concerned, and I don't want to be too critical here, but I, I know guys are in the moment are trying to process their quarterback being hurt, trying to get ready for the next series. As I said, that was third down. The punt team's coming off, so they got to get off the field. There's a lot to process in a really short period of time. But I'm just saying, when when you're out there grinding every day with your teammates and you're forming bonds, and these guys in the locker room with you become more like family than your immediate family at times just because of the time spent, time on task with everybody dating back to July, when you see one of them down on, on the field and someone is dancing on their grave metaphorically, 
And I think that's why Jeff Saturday is so pissed off. Yeah. He would have done something, and mm-hmm. nobody did. Right. That's Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. J.J. Stankovitz is here. Uh, if you do read the national media covering this NFL franchise, they're talking about, hey, who's the new head coach? Is an overhaul needed on the team? Who's the quarterback? Uh, it's unlikely that it's going to be Ryan and, 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 and Nick Foles, obviously, next year when we're talking about that. But the April draft, J.J., it does offer some hope. Colts currently – currently are on the top five with the fifth pick overall. So I'm saying, like, w- this offseason, it's so big. Obviously, Jim Irsay has some, you know, let's talk about the stuff that the owner's going to be facing as far as the direction of this franchise. It's it's a pivotal moment for this franchise. It's an opportunity to get off this veteran quarterback carousel that you've been on since Andrew Luck retired. And, you know, you can, you, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You could say, oh, I should have got off it at this point or that point, but it's – it's not as easy as I think some people think when you're not picking in the top five like the Colts might be picking in. Um, so that that's the first thing. The second thing is now, all right, this is a hard reset for this franchise with the coaching staff. What direction are you going to go? Is Jeff Saturday going to be the head coach? What kind of staff does he bring in? Do you hire a an established head coach mm-hmm. who's been in the NFL or has been at the college ranks, whatever it may be? Um, do you hire a an established coordinator? around the NFL. You're going to have a lot of options. A lot of good coaching candidates are going to be out there. This is a significant opportunity for the direction of this franchise. I think probably it's what going to be 2023 when this season it is 2023. What am I saying? JJ. Hey, happy new year. You must've had a hell of a new year's (laughs) Eve, my man. Yeah, no, I didn't. (laughs) Um, But for the next five years of this franchise are probably going to be defined by this off season. Yeah. Between what you do with this top five pick, top six pick, whatever it may be, what you do at head coach, mm-hmm. those things are going to determine the next probably five years of this franchise. Right, for sure. Matt Taylor, what do you think? I mean, uh, you know, listening to the national media, it should be Jeff Saturday. It shouldn't be Jeff Saturday. Who's the quarterback? Is he going to be there when the Colts pick? Do they do another veteran at that? Uh, you know, your thoughts on this thing, just watching it dwindle like this. And Jeff Saturday, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not on his behalf, but let's not, let's not forget, I don't know that that any coach could come in into the situation that he did, especially not having tremendous amount of experience on the sidelines and, and, right. and, and do, you know, what, what, what people thought, you know, could be done. And that's a complete turnaround. That wasn't the idea of this thing. Well, you know? I think the overhaul is already underway. I mean, the offensive coordinator's gone, the head coach is gone. And I think for me that the second loss to Tennessee back in October, mm-hmm. I think that was, I mean, it seems like forever ago, that really set things off. Then you make the move to Sam Ellinger. Mm-hmm. Frank gets dismissed. Jeff Saturday was hired. Obviously, that was an excuse me unorthodox move. I just think it's been a very chaotic, crazy season on and off the field for this team. I think the Colts, along the way, have lost their identity. They have lost who they are schematically. I think they have lost who they are culturally. And, you know, prior to this season, Parks Frazier had never called plays at any level. I actually think he's done a pretty good job, mm-hmm. all things considered. But there's really no identity in the passing game. Um, you know, they've lost Jonathan Taylor. They lo- they've lost one of their leaders a long time ago on defense, and that's Shaq Leonard. And like we said last week, once the gun goes off against Tennessee on Sunday, that is going to set in motion, as J.J. so accurately said, an offseason that is going to have long-lasting ramifications for this team right. and this franchise for the next, you know, five years. The foreseeable future is going to be, you know, the foundation of this team in the next five years is going to be laid. That concrete's yep. going to be poured 
here in the months of uh, January, February, and March. By the way, I'm not just throwing five years out as a random number. It's an easy number. Five years is the length of a first-round contract. Mm -hmm. It's four years plus a fifth-year option. Right. And if you're drafting a quarterback, that is a that is a five-year window right there where that guy's on a rookie contract. You can do a lot of things with how you build your roster. Yeah. But more importantly, the that economics is, of it. Right. That is that is the window that you are now opening for the next five years of hey, do we have the guy or not? Right. That's what you would find out. All right, we're going to play some Who Said It coming up. Thanks to our friends at WinBet. This is the Colts' official podcast right now. And Sam Ellinger, guys, real quick, uh, we're going to see him start this game against the yep. Texans. Do we need to see more than just the limited time he's been on the field right now? Where is Sam Ellinger to rank as far as in these future plans for the Colts at the quarterback position? I think if, if he comes out of this game he's and – up there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think worst case you're looking at a, a solid backup mm-hmm. for him. You know, you, you talk talk to players after this game and after every one of Sam's starts, and even in you know midweek Mayte, you know, the conversations you've had, and they all talk about his poise and just the knowledge of the offense that he has where you, you can bring him into a game and you're not going to miss a beat schematically. You don't have to change the offense. He knows all the calls. He knows how to make the checks within this offense. Operationally, this offense is going to be fine. It'll be sustained. And for a backup quarterback, I mean, that's kind of what you want. You want, you want stability when you have to make a change at the most important position on the field, whether it's due to an injury or something else. You want stability, and that's what Sam Ellinger brings you is stability. Mm-hmm. And he's under contract next two years. Uh, he's going to be very cheap because he was a, a six-round draft pick, so he's not costing you a whole lot of money, um, which is an important thing to keep in mind if you do have to move on right. from a couple of guys in there, uh, Matt Ryan and Nick Foles, that you know they'll incur some dead money and, and all that. Um, that, that's all important. And, you know, maybe you want to bring in a veteran quarterback next year. Maybe you don't. But I think you, you want to see one more, one more data point from Sam Ellinger this weekend. That does carry a lot of importance. And that cat will compete, too. We know we've he's, seen this. He's a competitor, you know, man. That's yeah. how it doesn't care who they bring in at quarterback. He is at practice as well, preparing as, his, as a starter. It, he said it his whole career. I mean, he wasn't even supposed to be on this roster right. this year. Nick Foles is brought in to be the backup, and yep. Sam competed his butt off right. so hard in training camp that he earned a spot on this roster. Got right. better in the offseason. Real yep. quick, let's play some who said it. What we're going to do is we're going to hear from some of the players inside the locker rooms. We're going to identify who that is and discuss a little bit of the content of their message and what we think they were getting at. Maytay, roll the first one. I think when we when we start to get a little bit of a rhythm, uh, we hurt ourselves at the end of the day. And um, we haven't been able to find an identity as an offense, um, whether that be um, in one phase of offensive play, we haven't been able to find that. And um, then when we do catch a little bit of a rhythm uh, in a game, we'll, we'll stop ourselves and we'll stall because of something we do to ourselves, uh, self-inflicted wounds. So um, never found an identity and um, hurt ourselves. Who is it? <laughs> that's the aforementioned Sam Ellinger. Sure, sure is. is. That's, the, that's Sam I am. Yeah, he's talking about why the offense hasn't found an identity this late in the season. And, you know... <laughs> It's not hard. It's when when you switch quarterbacks five times, which is what the Colts have done and what they will do. Plus, when you're down multiple coaches and you've got the the two guys that primarily put the offense together on a week to week basis for the last couple of years, and Marcus Brady and Frank Reich no longer being here, it it leads to instability. And like I said, I don't think I don't think the Colts really have an identity right now in the passing game. You know, they they rarely push the ball down the field. It's a lot of screens. They don't get their big playmakers involved right now. Jelani Woods and Alec Pierce, you know, they're, they're big yards per catch guys. Don't get a lot of that, and they're struggling mightily right now on third down. 
They're 31st in red zone on offense. The offensive line hasn't lived up to expectations this year. So it's an offense that really doesn't hang its hat on anything right now. And I think Sam's right. It's an offense that's going into Week 18 really not knowing what or who it is. Roll tape. We got who said it number two coming right up. I'm proving this year that I'm a top linebacker in this league, uh, that I'm an every down starter. Um, and, you know, for me, that was just a goal in my mind just to come in and earn my spot. And I feel like, you know, I've done that. Um, and I feel like I've constantly just show up and try to make plays now. It's still a lot that I feel like I really want to improve on. There's so many things that I feel like I, I need to get better at. Um, but it's a start. You know, it feels good to be able to be out there and compete every snap and every down and try to help the team win. So um, it's definitely disappointing. But, you know, for this year, it's just something for me to build on and, and just try to see if I can take it further next year. That would be linebacker Zaire Franklin, who we talked about earlier. He has 159 tackles, Ooh. two sacks, six pass breakups, two forced fumbles this year. Zaire Franklin, by the way, he wasn't supposed to be in this role. He's playing the mic because Shaq Leonard has been out for most of this year. But if you remember, even going back to week four when Shaq got back on the field for the first time, they couldn't take Zaire off. Mm-hmm. They, they could not do it because he was playing didn't. at such a high level, and they yeah, didn't. Yeah. So much respect to Zaire Franklin for not – you think about the year that he had where he gets, he gets a contract extension. And some guys, they get the extension, their play falls off. That, you know, that big contract. Zaire, his play has got better. He has, he has shown himself to be a, a pro, a legitimately good starting linebacker in the NFL. He has taken this opportunity and made more than the most of it. Um, and he's, he is the, the, I think he is the leader on this team. Um, you know, he, he, hey, he talks to the players before they go in the locker room right yep. before kickoff. So that's a pretty good indication. Yep. With the with the likes of Matt Ryan around, you absolutely. That we've seen, the likes of DeForest Buckner yep. out there, Zaire, the constant one in there yep. who's talking to his teammates. And and one other thing, um, he has stood at his locker and answered some really hard questions all year. Just so much respect for how he's handled it yeah. professionally. Um, that is a tough spot to be in, and he has he has done. Uh, an incredibly professional job talking to the press, talking to the media in some really difficult circumstances this year. So that should also not go, uh, not go unnoticed. Total pro. He comes, he comes from total humble NFL beginnings in that he was a seventh round pick and I, I love the story. Staple special teamer? Yeah, a special teams guy. But, I mean, dating back to his rookie season, I love this story that he told and kind of chronicling his, his journey. You know, when he was a rookie – in training camp, you know, he was, like, running with the threes. Well, they gave him a number 97 jersey. <laughs> yeah, right? So, I mean, he's he's not a, a huge core part of that defense in 2018 when he's a rookie. He's getting, like, five reps of practice, like every other 11-on-11 11 11 series. And he's supposed to – I mean, in that limited time, how are you supposed to make a name for yourself and make you. enough plays to stake a, a claim at a roster spot? But he did that because of special teams play – and now, as J.J. said, he's on the cusp of setting a franchise record for tackles in a single season. He's under contract for next season, and I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out with Bobby Okereke because Okereke is a free agent, and hypothetically Shaq Leonard is coming back next season. What do you do? Because you can't take, you can't take Franklin off the field. Can Leonard and Franklin be the primary linebackers mm-hmm. in this defense next season Ooh. if Okereke doesn't 
come back in free agency. Well, EJ Speed's a free agent, too. Yeah. And a guy who's had a very good season at linebacker as well, that, that, DJ. That position will be monitored Z- in the offseason. Zaire Franklin has missed, like, three snaps Is that right? all season. He's played 100% of the snaps On in the 15 verge. out of 16 that, games. That record, I mean, there's been guys, there's been great tacklers yeah. here for some bad football teams. Well, there's going to be a know, little bit of an asterisk. There's been great tacklers here for when they had great football right. teams. Right, I mean, it's not. Monumental it's, what this kid's doing. It's yeah. a, You can say, all right, it's over 17-game season, right, and right. Shaq Leonard needed 16 games to get to 163 or whatever it was, but yeah. like, he's st- okay, fine. He's third in Colts history in tackles sure. in the season. That's a great accomplishment. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know that doesn't suck either. That, there's no diminishing the kind of season he has had. Mate, we talked about this earlier, but roll tape. We'll be brief on this one. I, I, I was disappointed, uh, frustrated, aggravated, whatever words you want to use. Um, you know, I, I thought the I thought the celebration was tasteless all the way around, and. Um, you know, from from a teammate perspective, from a guy who's done this a, lo- a long time, right? Uh, you know, our response of taking care of our guy, uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with, and so I'm going to leave it at that, so I don't get myself in. But sure. Yeah, uh, not 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 our best moment mm-hmm. uh, right then. Well, you know who that is. That's the head coach Jeff Saturday barking to his offensive linemen about what had happened. We talked about it. Came on Thibodeau and the celebration and everything. Uh, we don't need to go back in there because we said it earlier on the show, and I'm sure Jeff Saturday did have a nose to nose, or maybe not a nose to nose, but a stern talking to the offensive line. I think it's the entire team. Some though. things. Yeah, I think it's sure. the entire team because yeah. I think it. And, and I yeah, know it could be anybody. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Been, it could have been a wide receiver. Could have been a right. guy. You know, you don't run from off the sidelines. So it's not a defensive backer. You're going to be, right. you know, flagged and all stuff. But I, but I agree with you. It could have been anybody in that instance. Right. Yeah. I think it just goes back to culture, and I just exactly. think it goes back to bonds and how how close. And this, I don't know. The, the, I don't the, know. The, the biggest thing, guys, that I want to bring about this offensive line is they're what three or four sacks away from setting the franchise record for sacks allowed. That's right. That's yep. the dang. I mean, that's the part that really leaves a bitter taste in your mouth because you've got some talent up there, and we're talking about the length of this Colts team mm-hmm. as far as the history of this team setting a franchise record for giving up most sacks. It's just like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that that you know. I think that can also get into the last who said it here. Can it not? Yes, it can. Absolutely. Let's go. Roll tape. Yeah, I think because it's a, it's an extra element you have to account for. Um, in the QB run game, you get an extra hat. And um, you run out of guys as a defense when you're using the running back, the tight end as blockers. And so then guys have to have to get off blocks versus having a guy, a free tackler for, for the running back. So there's that. And then in the pass game, um, it adds an extra element that you got to contain the quarterback. And you can do a really good job in the back end covering. Um, and there's still that element that you have to stop. So it, you know, it adds a, a level of complexity to offensive play. I think what we've seen this year, by the way, that was Sam Ellinger talking about mobile quarterbacks. What we've seen, he can scoot. What we've seen this year around the NFL is that you don't need a running quarterback. Yes, it it is a it's a good thing to have if you got one. But there, you about a mobile quarterback, right? A mobile quarterback, dynamic. We don't think of Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert as running quarterbacks. Right, Right, right. Those guys can get outside the pocket and they can make athletic plays off platform. That's right. That, that, I think, is the prototype of quarterback that you're looking for. You don't need a Josh Allen who can run the ball the way he can or a Lamar Jackson or a Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he's not a running quarterback by any stretch. He is a great quarterback who can win from the pocket, but he can also win by scrambling outside the pocket. He can evade pressure. That's something he is very good at. That's something Joe Burrow is very good at. Um, you, you just, I think what you need is a quarterback who can evade that pressure that's coming after you um, and... The Colts, for most of the season, have not had that guy. 
Yeah, I mean, when you, you just talked about the sacks. Yeah. I mean, the 58 sacks, that's in part because the Colts have been immobile at quarterback. And I think Ellinger has that ability, and that's, that's to, to piggyback off of J.J., he's exactly right. That's something the Colts, I think, have to find. The ability to make plays when the pocket isn't perfect and get a first down by extending plays, running the football, you got to have that, that because – Again, no matter who you are in this league. Prior, priority one this offseason is finding the long-term starter with those abilities that because that's where the game is. That's not where the game is going. That's where the game is. It's already there. You've got to have that. And quite frankly, the Colts' defense has struggled with that in their opposition at quarterback this season. Okay, So, yeah, you, you, just, you just have to have that, I think, going forward. Priority one this offseason is finding quarterback mobility – and, and in all likelihood, probably getting young and dynamic at that position. That's the voice of the Colts. That's Matt Taylor. Find him on Twitter at Mate Colts, J.J. Stankovitz, Colts.com senior writer. Find him at J.J. Stankovitz on Twitter. Guys, don't forget this week coming up, we got Roundtable Live. Listen, listen to Coach Jeff Saturday and Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights. They recap the Giants' loss. Daily updates are Tuesday and through Thursday this week on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. And, of course, the Colts Audio Network. You'll hear Mate there. Inside Football with Venturi. That's going to drop on Wednesday. Wednesday with the blueprints to beat these Texans. Know your foe. Get up to speed on the Texans with John Harris, football analyst for those Texans, as well as Friday. Don't forget Colts Happy Hour with JMV. 93.5-1075, the fan, and Sunday night. The instant reaction from the Texans game. That podcast is great. That's with our very own J.J. Stankovitz and Bill Brooks. Fun facts time, guys. Uh, Nick Foles goes down. In comes Sam Ellinger. If Sam Ellinger goes down, who is the emergency quarterback? So, Jeff, <laughs> said, this is your random thought here? No, no. This is just my football thought. I've got a random okay. thought coming okay. up. He's got so, a rando. So, all right. So, my so Jeff Saturday wouldn't say who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple. I have a couple of guesses. These yeah. are all I wild guesses. All they are. speculation. You do. I do know okay. who they are. I asked this question during the game. Uh, we happened to be sitting in a uh, in a booth that was right next to the coach's box of the coaches that were upstairs. Yeah. So at halftime, I kind of uh, talked, <laughs> okay. raised by someone that'll at remain nameless. At that point, nameless. the Colts are down to one quarterback. Yeah, and right? I said, uh, yeah. you know, hey, what happens just in case? So go ahead. Uh, well, so Jelani Woods was a college quarterback. Um, he that would be a guess of mine that he he's he's played quarterback before. That's that would be my guess. Yeah, yeah. at a high level, Power Five conference. Yeah. right. So that's that's natural speculation. I'm not giving up my sources, but let me just say this on this one: that's a pretty darn stinking good guess, JJ. <laughs> Thank you, Jeffrey. That's where I'll bring it. That's the most of it. Mate, I'm going to you. You ready for this? Uh-huh. Emergency, emergency quarterback. <laughs> oh, me, yes, me, Jeffrey oh, Gorman. Me. Was Get it? in there. Honestly, yes, there's me. a name out there that we have, and I'm going to say it's a pretty good guess if you come well, close. At that point, you're just going with athletic <laughs> traits, like the guy that's like the fastest or has the you're most correct. athletic. Athletic ability You're that correct. has an escapability. So I don't know, maybe like I don't know, a Kiki QT or something. What do you I don't think, know. JJ? The emergency, know. emergency quarterback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Pass catcher. Let me think about Paris it. Paris Campbell. Well, I don't know. Matt, that's a pretty good stinking guess right there. <laughs> okay. When you're right. talking about that. But then again, I don't know who it was or anything, but uh I will relieve We'll, won't name my sources on that one, Please but don't. a fun one to have. Please okay, don't. now time for the random thought. We're going to get off football for a little bit, and well needed, I think, during the show. <laughs> recapping the Giants and looking yeah. forward to the offseason. That was not on the rundown, the, no. the backup to the backup to the backup. That's that right. was not on there. All right, guys, my random thought of the week is this, and I'm going to you guys because one of you, well, I don't want to be. Ugh. All right, let's go. You're, you're let's go. Broad stroke uh, there, you can aren't you? One of you guys. I like flavor, okay? I'm going to tell you that. I <laughs> like use flavor, guys. okay? So I'm talking about. The, I was just in New York City, and I had 
the most incredible slice of pizza. Okay? The nice. most incredible. And I've had many in New York throughout my years and stuff of traveling, but this one was extra special. And I'm putting it down saying right there, you've got handcuffs on your rest of your life when it comes to pizza. You gotta pick one style, one place, oh. one something for me. Great question. And I yeah. thought this this is the question. It is one place, guys. It is one place and one place only. And I'm just gonna start with that. If I could redo if I could duplicate what I had in New York City this past this past weekend, bar Bar none without heavens. It was a Valhalla experience that I'll remember <laughs> for quite some time. It was just, I know it's a slice of pizza, but this thing hit on all angles. And I'm going to say, it's a small little shop that's off of what Central was the name Park. Of it? I, that's what I want. I have to go there. I have to walk there again. And I want to call it Bravo's, but it's not Bravo's. Yeah. And it's not a chain. What it was Sabaro, a, was it? No, yeah. for God's sake. <laughs> like in the mall. It wasn't Bravo, but it was Burimio or something like that. I'm going to have to talk to my people about it. And it, it was kind of, <laughs> well, who was there with me is what I meant. Gotcha. So I'm going to go with that. But that's going to be who okay. it is. I, I, I've got guesses on your two. All right, what's your I, guess? I for... love you guys, but what, what? I, I, I think I, I'm going to hear some dominoes in there. And I'm going to hear dominoes. I'm going to hear some little, highlighters little Caesars right in there. Yeah. Uh, Donato's is great. <laughs> Get the hell Donato's, out of here. I'm sitting in there. So, J.J., it might be different. This will be fun because J.J. spent a lot of time in Chicago, which uh-huh. is known for the deep dish pizza, and we can go through the great uh, restaurants that they have there. But go ahead. Deep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mayte just threw four writing utensils. I, mean, at I was Jeffrey looking Gorman. right at him when I, I said Domino's. By the way, right. right at him. That was great. Um, deep dish pizzas for tourists in oh, Chicago. There's it. It's you want you want real Chicago yeah. pizza. Oh. You go into whatever joint is closest to you, and if they have Tavern Cut, okay, which is square it, squares, and you got the four little triangles on the end that are the best pieces of pizza of all time, and if they deliver you that pizza. In a box yeah. where there is a picture of Italy on it, yep. and it says delicious Italian pizza, you're in the right place. Delicious Italian pizza on the box. On the box. Really? Or that, in the bag. Remember that. You can even Google that. Delicious Italian pizza. That's a good call. I've heard of that conspiracy theory that you're talking about. I think it's it stands to be true. That that box goes out to a lot of different vendors. It does, but it only goes out to the good ones. <laughs> but it only goes out to the yeah. good ones, JJ. I've, I've, this comes well, – now wait a minute. I got the challenge on flag on that because there's a pizza place right down the street from me that's – yeah, it's okay. And, it and that? they've got the Italian box. It is kids, local, though. Buy the kids' pizza and take a picture of that box and put it on Twitter, mate. Because <laughs> if it says delicious Italian pizza, then this conspiracy – or this theory, rather, is – is mute. Or they, you, is. Got, you got the box with the guy in, in Venice. Is yeah, it Venice? And he's, I yeah. see and he's, the, and he's the on boot? the he's on the water. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Or, the, the, or it's got the chef giving the you know the circle. That's a pretty yeah. good one. That's yeah. uh, also, I got I gotta say, I, my favorite pizza place around me. I live in Carmel. Yeah, uh, Puccini's very good. So I can't. I, good call. I love. Puccini's I can't. I can that's not, chain I cannot, though. That's chain pizza. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's it's a chain. local chain. What, there's multiple like, chains. Here's here's the thing with Puccini's for me. So Puccini's. I cannot. I cannot eat cheese. I'm very lactose intolerant. We don't need to get into that. Puccini's has very very good non dairy cheese. Sure. And very good pepperoni. Cheese and wow. also a good you have to crust. Order that you have to say non dairy cheese yeah. when you order. Don't forget vegan cheese. Great cut. Great crust too. A great I mean, crust. Yeah, great, great crust. crust bro. At yeah, yeah. And don't forget if you really like pizza a lot, that means more sugars usually in the sauce. You know what I'm saying? I mean, oh, just yeah. In general, it's yeah. like that pizza was so good it tasted like a dessert. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I like you know you see a lot of big sugars in the in no. the tomato sauce stuff. I'm out on that. Mayte, go ahead. Do you like a lot of sauce or are you minimal? No, sauce? No, I'm minimal sauce guy. Really? Minimal sauce vibe. I, I got to hear yours, Mayte. Where are you going? I, I said Domino's. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, 
Listen, I'm not above Domino's. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There it is. <laughs> Listen, it's hard to screw up pizza. Listen, I mean, pizza's pizza. It's hard there to screw it, it up. But if I have to eat one style of pizza for the rest of my life, yeah. I probably am going to go with the traditional large slice triangle New York style New pizza York style because pizza. the deep dish is very filling. I think and, I would get yeah. sick of it real quick. Um, the stuffed pizza that yeah. you see sometimes, you know, like where the the sausage is crumbled and inside the dough. I don't think I could do that all the time. Every time when I eat pizza, probably go to this place that you've you've turned me on to and go there Shoot, for I every single I, time. I just gotta I remember pizza. the name of it. Now. I just gotta remember yeah, I gotta where Google it is. It. I drum up the Drop name of that pen, place. Right? I will have some of that. But hey, that was my random thought of the week. Where's the best and only pizza place you're going? It's a really from good the random rafters. Thought. He's in this room somewhere from the rafters. <laughs> if Casey Valier wants to chime in on best pizza around, I think I know what it's gonna be, and it's gonna be my guess is. Casey Valier is going to call Pizza King his favorite pizza. <laughs> oh, pizza! Though, do Little not slander. Caesar. Little Caesar. Do not slander Pizza King. Indiana treasure. I'm not, I'm not slandering. Slander. I just guessed what he would guess. I yeah. have I have family that live in Columbus, Ohio. That is a it's a prerequisite that every time they come to town, they have to stop at Pizza King. It's just okay. It's just okay. I'm sorry. Do That's not what slander. I'm going. I'm not, do I'm not, not slander, but I've had Pizza King, and I say. You know, to, uh, different strokes for different. But there, it's not. It's not a. It's not a franchise, or it's not a. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Not every Pizza King is exactly the same. Gotcha. It's not like Chick Fil A. Right. What's the word I'm looking for? It's. It's. Each Pizza King has different ingredients that go they into do. their pizza. If you go to a down south Indiana, southern right. Indiana Pizza King is going to taste no, different than the one in Zion's. That's exactly right. Okay, that's yeah. Right. If that's you go fair. to the one in Salem, Indiana, it's different from the one in. You know, Wabash. That's fair enough, guys. I love talking pizza and football with you. That's <laughs> Just fun. Okay. This is the Just Colts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. This is the Colts official podcast again. Maytay at Maytay Colts is his handle on Twitter. He is the voice of the Colts, and he's here. You hear him all throughout the week. Don't forget, you can check out these guys on the Colts Audio Network. JJ Stankovitz, great job as usual. Thank you for not bringing up Palangios or Pellegrini's. <laughs> no, 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 no. So you, no, you screwed me with yeah, the Puccini's. No, but with your thing. pizza, your pizza. So you're in Chicago for the Jim Irsay Collection the concert music. in August. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you tweeted Cue out a photo from music. Giordano's. Yeah. And you said, where's the best place to go get a uh, pizza in Chicago? Yeah. And I said, leave Giordano's, yeah. walk big, to Paratello's, or Port Portillo's. <laughs> now, see, no, I'm calling it Paratello's. Exactly. See, it ain't that good. Walk so to Portillo's and get a so boiled overrated. beef. Uh, the wet beef again. Here we go. But I'm saying, uh, I drank my pizza that day at uh, when I went to Giordano's because it's, it's so hot. They deliver to you. you got to wait about four hours till you can pick the thing up. So I'm out. I'm out on deep dish pizza. And it also takes 45 minutes That's to make a pizza. Right. I'm That's out on that. It's for, it's for two hours. It was soup at that point. JJ, yeah. good call on the tours. Colts official podcast, folks. We'll be talking to you next week. Got a lot to talk about with the Texans game coming up and what's going to happen this offseason for your Colts. For Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, and JJ Stankovich from Colts.com, I'm Jeffrey Gorman. We will holler at you, rather, next week. Thanks, guys.